Welcome to another edition of the Gold Nose Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not an insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me, my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Um, the quarterback that we lost, Parsons, I mean... I don't, I mean, listen, man, we haven't done anything in the last five years. So, you know, in my opinion, we don't deserve a, a guy like him. Um, If you're just keeping it real with yourself as a Florida State fan, we don't, some of the guys on our roster now we don't deserve. And, and kudos to Alex Atkins. You know, if there is a resurgence, if there is a we're back type of thing, you know, that's the guy that you really need to, you know, give a lot of credit to. Because he is basically, you know, re- revitalizing the offensive line. I mean, he's got some quality guys. I mean, it takes you know, a couple years for these guys to develop. So I don't think, you know, it's going to be some, the offensive line going to come right out the gate and just be dominant, but, you know, certainly going in the right direction. Um, So, you know, I, I don't do a lot of recruiting talk on this podcast just because I know that if I sit here and I get locked in on a prospect, he could change his mind. So that's why I say when they sign, sealed, and delivered, then I might say a few little words about each recruit. But, um, you know, when it's, I mean, it's July, man. I'm not getting hype over nothing. You know, when they, when they sign in December or February, that's when I say, okay. But, um, you know, just just when Chris Parsons was taking pictures, you know, with Florida State gear, gear on, he didn't look like he was all the way there, like he, you know, wanted to be a Noel. So, I mean, it's all good. You win some, you lose some. That's just the way it goes. I mean... You know, I don't even know what the situation is. I don't know if it was a playing time issue or a competition issue or he just wants to be the guy from day one. I don't know. But at any rate, I mean, I'm I'm going to roll with the guys that we got. I'm not going to worry about the guys that we don't have. College football is moving towards a NFL model. And for me, I love it. Um, if you're going to do these um, super com- super conferences, quote unquote, I-, I just want big matchups every week. I mean, I could watch any game in the NFL. I mean, I you know what I'm saying I watch Jacksonville every week because it's the NFL, right? And every game means something, and. If you could get to a place like that in college football where every game means something, 
I mean, look out. You know, I and the networks are are driving this because they know. They they it's it's been it's been some kind of secret meeting somewhere where somebody said, "Okay, if we can put the NFL model in college football, we got something." Right? So I I just think don't be surprised one day if the Big 12, I mean not the Big 12, the Big 10 in the SEC form some kind of league, college football league, if you will. I wouldn't be surprised. Nothing surprises me now. Um, The Pac-12. Pac-12. The two teams that you need to add are UNLV and San Diego State. It's not Los Angeles. But those are the two biggest markets left on the West Coast, in my opinion. Those are the two teams that you need to go get if you're going to stay viable. I don't think anything in the Big 12 to me, maybe Kansas. I don't, is Kansas, I don't know where Kansas is. You know what I'm saying? Is that, is that uh, Missouri? Is that Kansas, Kansas? I don't know. The state, I don't know where Kansas University is. So I don't know if that's like a big media market. I don't think it is. I think Kansas City, Missouri is. But that's too far. I mean, if you're going to be the Pac-12, the Pacific 12, you know what I'm saying? UNLV and San Diego State are the two teams that you need to go get. But I I, I really don't think that's going to be enough staying power for the Pac-12. I think ultimately you're going to have to merge with the Big 12 and and to stay viable. The ACC, I don't know. I mean, they've got this big uh, TV buyout thing, I don't know, with their teams. So it's going to be kind of hard for those teams to get out. Um, they could probably get out, but they're going to have to pay that money back um, over a period of time. So I don't know. Um like I said, like I said in past episodes, I really don't care where Florida State plays. I just think if you have an opportunity to go to the SEC, you have to take it. There's no way that you can walk away from a hundred million dollars, and, and, and you know you just can't walk away from it. Just from a business perspective, you have to take that money. Um. So I I think the only staying power that S, uh, the ACC has is to get Notre Dame. I don't really see another big market on the East Coast. You know, maybe Charlotte, but like I said before, their their football program is still in its infant stages, so they're not viable. And their Charlotte is not a big media market anyway, small market. So there's there's really no teams you know, that that can be had by the ACC. Um, you know, that it's, just the, it's just the world that we live in in college football. Now, um, Florida State, you know, I said earlier on in this episode, people get so wrapped up in recruiting. I, I just... It's just not recruiting is just not that appealing to me. 
right? Trying to woo a kid that, you know what I'm saying? As a, as a, you know, a older guy, I, I'm just not into that. When the, when the kid signs, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, let me go, let me go study this guy. Let me go see what he's all about. Once he is a Seminole, not before that, I'm not going to waste any energy on a guy that's not signed in, signed, sealed and delivered with Florida State. It just is wasted energy. Right. Even with Travis Hunter, I did not look at any Travis Hunter game tape. I take that back. I looked at some of the stuff. Because everybody was hyping him up. Like he's, you know, he, you know, I looked at a few things. I'm not going to lie. But I didn't come on this podcast saying that, you know, he signed, sealed, and delivered because I didn't know. Uh, in the back of my mind, I always leave room for a guy to change his mind. I don't care what he says. And until he signs the piece of paper, I, I, I don't put no stock in nothing they say. Because like I said earlier on in this episode, I was looking at Parsons' face when he was taking pictures. That did not look like a guy who was 100% committed to Florida State. Now, when, when Travis Hunter was taking his pictures in Florida State gear, he looked like he was 100% committed. But the name of the game now is money. So if a booster comes with a big check, I mean... <laughs> You know, that's that's the name of the game now. I love it. I love it for the players. I love it that a kid coming out of high school can change his life because of his talents. That's the American way. I can change my life because of what I can do on the football field. I can change my family's life because of what I can do on the football field. I love it. I would never begrudge a kid for taking the money because of his talents. And if you're a fan and you're begrudging a kid because he took the money because of his talents, you're selfish. You are a selfish fan. You know, and these these are like, I'll give the kids in high school a pass. I'll give the college kids a pass. But grown adults, you're pathetic. If you're sitting here barking at a, 17, 18 year old kid because he doesn't want to go to your favorite uh, college football team. Get a life, please. Please get a life. OK. To me, if Florida State would have took care of business five, six, seven years ago, we wouldn't be in this position today. And that's the decision makers at Florida State. And that's the boosters, the people that control the money. You want to be tight with the money? Well, this is the program that you have. You you hired the wrong coach in Willie Taggart. Let's just face it. It's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. He was not the right guy for the job, period. Okay? And the jury is still out on Mike Norvell. I think he's done some great things in terms of the, the transfer portal. He's got some guys. You got to give him five years. I said it once, I said it twice, I've said it a million times. Jordan Travis has to make a quantum leap as a quarterback. Um, I've, I've done the math on this. I think Florida State needs to average 35 points a game 
over a 12-game season, that's roughly 60 touchdowns. I don't see Jordan Travis throwing for 30 touchdowns, maybe 20. So you're asking for another 40 touchdowns by special teams or defensively or um, running the football. I mean, this offense has to be explosive. Um, I think you've pretty much secured the interior of your offensive line, Gibbons, Lyles, the kid from Charlotte. I think that's going to be your interior. Um, I think the, the kid from South Carolina is going to be at probably right tackle or um, maybe left. He'll probably be at left tackle. Then you throw Robert Scott at right tackle. You, you might have something pretty decent there. Um, but, you know, the name of the game, I, I, I want to say that they start training camp probably August 1st. Um, which is right around the corner. So it's going to be really interesting to see how, um, you know, who comes out of this competition, um, as the starting offensive line. That's, that's to me, that's more important than anything on this team. Who are going to be the five guys that are going to be starters, on the offensive line. Um, that's what I'm really anxious to see. Um, but this offense needs to score. If 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 we're going to have a halfway decent season, I would say at least 60 touchdowns. So just on offense. And, I, you know, I was trying to help it along with defense and special teams, but I'm going to take that back. This offense needs to put up 60 touchdowns. That's 35 points a game. I, and I think maybe in that best-case scenario, you can get to 8-4. and four. But the, the, the first key is the offensive line. Those five guys, they first of all, they need to stay healthy. Okay, that's number one. Secondly, they have to play well. That's number two. All right, number three, and very important number three, Jordan Travis has to take a quantum leap forward as a quarterback, a throwing quarterback. I don't care about the running stats. Okay, to me, that's just gravy. All right, he needs to become a better passer and the Miami game, he 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 came up on in the Miami game. We need more games like that. You know, we need more play calls where this guy has to make throws. Cause he's got the arm. There's no question about his arm. And I would like to say that mentally as a quarterback, he's got some room to grow. But the, the question is, is Mike Norvell going to give him those opportunities? So, that's, I mean, defensively, I think we're going to be okay. I think if, if we can run the football, okay, 
and give those guys time to rest, I think defensively we're going to be okay. I think we got playmakers everywhere on defense. And you you have to give this coaching staff credit for, for getting in that transfer portal and finding guys. So not really doing well in terms of high school recruiting. Not as well as I would like. Okay, they've gotten a few guys here and there, but Florida State should always be in the top 10 in recruiting. You know, that's just, that's non-negotiable. Um, But kids are only going to come to your program if you're winning, one. And two, you got to, you got to bring the bag. That's the way it is now. So we got to, we, we, I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million more times. We have a long way to go as a program, you know, um, there's, there's no other way to sugarcoat it. There's, you know, <laughs> there's no other way to put it. Basically, we got a long way to go. Um, so I'm, I think best case scenario this season is, uh, eight and four worst case scenario, just like last season, five and seven. Um, I, I, I didn't see you being that competitive against Clemson. So that was a plus. I didn't see you beating Miami. That was a plus. And I didn't see you being in there with the Florida Gators. That was a plus. So whatever switch the coaching staff hit late in the season to get these guys to play hard, we need that coming out the gate. We, I, you know, we don't need a slow start. We don't need a middle of the season lull. And we don't need a horrible finish at the end of the season. We need 12 games of consistent, high-level Florida State football. You know, you know, years pass, no matter the talent level, I knew that Florida State, the football team, was going to come out and play balls to the wall. You know, no matter what. That's a hallmark of this program. Playing, just going hard. No matter the talent level, just going hard. And we have lost that. We've lost that edge. That was that was one of the hallmarks of this program. Right? Um, and I, I can't really say when we lost it. I want to say not to... Not too, uh, well, it is kind of his fault. It's Willie Taggart's fault. We lost that edge. I think under Jimbo, we had that edge. But once those guys found out Jimbo was leaving, they quit going hard. And then when Willie Taggart came in, he tried to be this, you know, relaxed coach. And the program has never recovered since. And I don't have anything against Willie Taggart. If you go back and listen to any of this podcast, I was on Willie Taggart's side. But, you know, I on this podcast, I call it right down the middle. I don't sugarcoat it. This program lost its edge on Willie Taggart's watch. Period. 
Now, did we did we kind of regain it back last season? Yeah, we did. Jermaine Johnson kind of got us back in that realm of playing, you know, good to great defense. Um, Kier Thomas got us back in that mold. Kalen DeLoach, Jamie Robinson, Akeem Dent, um, the young corners, Knowles, and uh, I forget the other kid's name. So we've got some pieces, okay? Um, we no longer have Kier Thomas and Jermaine Johnson, obviously. Um, but you you got the kid Verse, McClendon, um, um, the the kid uh from Central Florida, the transfer. Um so <clears throat> and Amari Gaynor. Amari Gaynor is a edge rusher. Okay? When he gets to the league, he's gonna be a three four outside linebacker. He's gonna put on twenty pounds and he's gonna be a outside linebacker. That is his talent. He he can cover, but he's not good at it at all. I would not ask Amari Gaynor to cover running backs. He can do it here and there, but I um he has a talent for rushing the quarterback. Um, just in my opinion, just from what I've seen. Um, so I would use him as an edge rusher on third downs. And uh, he's six. He was what six three, two thirty, two thirty five. So yeah, that's what I would do with him. Um, DJ Lundy, he he he's he's a great. He I ain't gonna say he's a great tackler. He's a good tackler, but he was too heavy out there. And I've said that before in the past. You know, your starting linebacker is gonna be Deloach and the kid from UCF, who name escapes me at the moment. Um, but, uh, I think the defense is going to be good. Cooper and Love in the middle of that defensive line, Verse, and, uh, I think it's going to be McClendon. I, I think you're going to be all right on defense. Um, special teams has to come up, particularly the return game. Has to come up. Coverage teams were okay. The kicking game, as far as the the field goal kicker, was not good. The punter, he's pretty good. Um, and that's just my, you know, little mini breakdown of the team. Better in game decisions by the coach. Um, I thought Mike Norvell got better as the season went on last season. Um, better. We need better play calling. You know, you've got some talent on this offense. So you is your job as the coach to know where to put these guys in terms of your scheme and put them in position to score points. So, um, you know, I'm real anxious to see the running game. And I'm really anxious to see some of these new wide receivers that we got. I I, I hope that you use Cam McDonald a lot more. I think he is, is when I've said this before too, when he gets to the league, I think he's going to be a great player once he gets to the league. 
If he goes somewhere where if he goes to Green Bay, watch out. If he goes to Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers and just plays a couple years with Aaron Rodgers, watch out. That's that's you know what I'm saying? I think I don't think he is going to have quite the impact that George Kittle had, but a lot of people were sleeping on George Kittle when he came out of Iowa. And I don't think Cam McDonald is as is as fast as Kettle, but I think he's right there with him. I think he's gonna have that type of impact when he gets to the league. You know, and, and we've seen flashes of his talent. They just don't use him. So, you know, that's my mini breakdown of the team, man. But when the season opener in a few weeks, I mean, we're basically like, you know, what, 40 days away now? Today, um, uh, yeah, we're about 40 days away. 35, I don't know, from the season opener. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be real anxious. I'm really anxious to see how we look against Duquesne. That should just be, you know, if we come out looking terrible and, you know, and everything isn't crisp, it's going to be a long season, man. We should dominate that game. So, um, I want to give a shout out to the people that listen. Thank you. I appreciate the support. Not doing this to become famous, not doing this to be some kind of, you know, YouTube sensation. I just like talking about sports, really, and and uh, Florida State football. That's all it is. It's just uh, a, a, a passion that I developed the last couple years. So uh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate the support. The podcast is available on all podcast platforms. It's available on YouTube. Um, Again, thank you for your support. And as always, go Knowles.